From the movie house to your widescreen at home, Radio 111's Going to the Cinema and the streaming services on Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So grab your popcorn and beverage of choice and step into our screening room for our weekly forum on film. Now, here's Brian. Hey, so this is the next part of our Better Call Saul uh, review. I am excited to talk about this series because I think, if nothing else, it is probably the best TV series on television right now, so I'm definitely excited for it. I am one of those fans of the show that I watched it more so during its Netflix run, more so than the original run of the first season. It took me a while to get to it. It took me a while. But I am excited to see where it's going. So we're going to review the first three episodes of the series today. And then later on, we're going to review the next four episodes after part one ends. And then part two, we'll get started on that. But I am excited about talking about the first three episodes, especially since the first two were part of a premiere. And then the third one was by itself. So it was interesting to see how they were paired up. But the first two episodes, I'm kind of glad they did them as a premiere because they certainly work well together more so than they work separately. They work really well separately, don't get me wrong, but I think it was a good idea to put them together. I think because there was a lot going on and you kind of saw where the pieces were going. And that's the thing about the series so far. It is slowly putting the pieces together for conflicts that are going to arise throughout the rest of the season. The first being the cartel conflict between the Salamancas and Gustavo Fring's men and all that, the Los Pollos Hermanos team. I don't know. I, I wouldn't call them like the Fring's, but you know, you have these two like rival factions in the cartel. So it's interesting to see that setup being made for not only the rest of the series, but also the setup for their conflicts eventual and in Breaking and Breaking Bad. What I think is interesting is that even though I know that the actual conflict is not going to end until Breaking Bad, it still feels like we're getting to the end of something. Like it feels like there is a story being told between these people and we're getting there. Just kind of like how there's a separate story here that doesn't actually have a resolution in Breaking Bad, which is the Jimmy, Kim, and Howard conflict. Which is a conflict that I'm actually really excited about. I really do want to know where it's going to go. But because I don't know. Because I really don't know. Like, um, there's all this speculation and mystery behind the fact that you know, Kimberly's not, neither is Howard in Breaking Bad. So we're trying to figure out where are they going? So let's first start with the fact that this, the first two episodes, and actually let's go ahead and just include the third one in there, do a pretty great job of not resolving the cliffhanger from the first, uh, from the last episode of season five, so quickly i appreciate that because i've been watching a lot of television where the cliffhanger gets resolved so quickly in the next episode that it doesn't even really matter at this point like you don't you don't have that lingering effect of the cliffhanger actually mattering like i i saw a tv show pretty recently i rewatched some of the dynasty some of dynasty the original and also the remake and they resolved their cliffhangers pretty instantly there's no real way they can actually take 
the cliffhangers and make them long-term conflicts. That's the thing about Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is that they always knew that if you have a cliffhanger from the last season, let's make it part of the conflict. It is actually informing the conflict of the next season. And so I appreciate the fact that, and by the way, we're just going to go ahead and go into spoilers here. This is not a spoiler-free review. I'm going to go ahead and just say it. I appreciate the fact that we don't know what happens to Nacho until the third episode, and he kills himself. I think, first of all, Michael Mondo, Michael Mondo is such a great actor. I think he is one of those actors that truly transcends his performance and really needs to get nominated for an Emmy, especially for that last episode. I think that he is, first of all, not rightfully recognized and i think that that's really always been a devastation is that the show gives him such great material that the other that the other actors you know would be thirsting for but i can but there this is a show where everyone gets great material right but i don't understand why he doesn't get a nomination but i can see why like like um the actors who other actors get nominations like i understand why these jonathan banks gets a nomination like i get it like i understand he's a familiar voice he's a familiar character he's familiar like and i think michael mondo you know there's this idea that oh if you play a thug on television there's no way you're gonna get nominated because you have to act a certain way no that's not how it is for me like for me if you give a good performance you give a good performance but i understand why there's a bias there like i can understand how there might be a bias towards anyone playing a certain kind of criminal on television and so when michael mondo does such great work with not only his character's father but also in relation to the other characters it's a bit disappointing it's a bit disappointing that he doesn't get a nomination. And I really think that he should have gotten a nomination at least once. And so I'll be very, very heartbroken if he doesn't get it this time. And I know that nominations aren't the only thing that it matters a lot, like the legacy of the show. And I think the show might leave a really great legacy. I'm not sure how the ending is. I can't say for sure because I've seen too many shows recently, like Killing Eve, that started off so promisingly and then they just got... A terrible finale I feel bad for people who watch Killing Eve that was a waste of your time you know if you saw Killing Eve what a waste <laughs> what a waste of everyone's time wasn't it but in the case of Better Call Saul I'm ex I'm optimistic for the finale because they haven't really disappointed us yet so I'm excited to see where it's gonna go but I am excited I, I am still you know cop cautiously optimistic because I've seen TV shows that I love totally tank the final episode and i understand that this show has so far proven that it, it's taking its time to really tell its story but i'm always nervous you know <laughs> i'm always nervous about that final final season because i've seen too many shows that disappoint me live like i've seen um pretty little liars and that show took a really long time to get think to things and then it just tanked at the end and in the case of Game of Thrones, that was an excellent television series that just tanked really quickly towards the end. So I'm nervous, but I'm always, but I'm optimistic. I'm excited to see where these characters are going to go. Especially, I really am curious to see how the cartel situation is going to go. Because now that Nacho's dead, the cartel families no longer have like somebody that they can get, extract information from. Like it, there's no, uh, the Salamancas can no longer 
figure out no they no longer have a physical like living flesh and bone embodiment of the betrayal of gus frank like gus frank's like attempt to kill off their bloodline and i and i know that betrayal is a very mm, loosey doosey word because of the fact that like well that would imply that they were even friends but they're not, of course. Anyone who's seen Breaking Bad can tell you that Gus Fring and Hector Salamanca have certainly never been friends. But they are colleagues, so I suppose there is a sense of betrayal there. But I don't know. I, I totally think that they are, they're fucked up. <laughs> it is a fucked up situation. So I'm excited to see where these villains are going to head out now. Because... I am interested to see where the rest of how they're going to lead up where there's no like natural, let's say, end to their conflict, because, of course, their ending is in Breaking Bad. So I'm trying to see, like, where are they going to end in this series? So that way, the next series picks up after it, because it the previous series set up the Salamanca and Gus, Gustavo Frank conflict pretty well. I know that they set it up in a way where the it's very but it's also very slow like that's what i'm trying to say they set it up where you meet hector salamanca and you know who he is and then later on you meet gustavo and then slowly but surely you see the two of them connect and and it's actually like really like you see them connect in terms of like you see how they are are villains and also how they are rivals i don't know how to put it but like they are basically you see how the two of them are eventually like connected see i figured it out figured out how to say it but in the case of this show like i am excited to see where they're gonna end but i'm also not sure where like i don't know i think this is one of those things where there's going to be a conflict that's going to eventually resolve where hector salamanca will have to go with tuco i have a feeling tuco is going to come back because they have to bring him back because then you have to take hector salamanca away from the nursing home and gustavo frank has to become even bigger and a little bit more let's just say hostile he also has to be a little bit more um, calculated towards the end. I know that they're trying to bring in Walter White and like Jesse Pinkman. I know they're coming in for something. I know that those actors are definitely Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston. They have a guest starring role. I'm excited to see where they're going to go. But I'm also not sure how they're going to fit in. Because so far we didn't need these two characters. We didn't. We didn't need these two characters for this series. Which is fine. I don't think. <laughs> I'm not saying that they have to be. But they definitely are part of this world. But so far we don't. We haven't needed them. It's a good thing that the show didn't, doesn't need cheap guest stars. Because if they're going to be a guest star. They're going to be a lead. Like how Giancarlo Esposito. Jean Carlos Esposito. I call him Young Carla because I talk to my mom a lot, so we uh, talk. Uh, she t we talk in Spanish, so Young Carlo is like the way to say that name. And also because she thought he was like actually Latino, which oh boy, I I'm always worried about the Spanish speaking on this show because it always gets me a little worried about enjoying the show because they do not speak Spanish at all very well. Like very very few actors on. Uh, better call Saul speak Spanish well like I would say Nacho's dad speaks it well but also like you have Lalo Salamanca Tony Dalton's character he speaks it really well 
And I'm I'm glad as much as I love Mark Magolis, he is not playing a character who needs to speak all that much anymore because his Spanish was horrendous. Same with like I like Giancarlo Esposito. I think he's great, and I'm excited to see where he's going to go, but his Spanish is terrible. And I, I know that there's no, like, reason for me to go on the Spanish, but I'm ex I'm hoping that there's not that much Spanish in the rest of the series. Not because I can't understand it, of course. I don't need the subtitles, but I just... <laughs> it's just bad. The Spanish is so bad on the show. Ugh. I think it's even worse now than it was in Breaking Bad to some extent. Like, I know they got actual actors who can speak it, but they're, but for some reason, the Mark Magolis and Giancarlo Esposito, they really got worse at their Spanish. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, I don't know what's going on. I guess they're probably rushing it, but I'll leave it at that. But again, I think that I'm excited to see where these conflicts are being set up, but Jimmy, Kim, and Howard, I do want to touch upon that. I like the f where it's going. I like the fact that like it's slowly building up to what their plan is, and I am excited to see. But I'm also kind of worried about whether or not it succeeds or it fails. Like I'm trying to think, what's gonna happen to Kimberly if this succeeds? Like, does she go to jail? Like, that's what I'm wondering, right? And I know a lot of fans are like trying to figure out that too because she's not in Breaking Bad, and there's no evidence of her existence on there, so. We're not entirely sure. I know that the beginning of Better Call Saul season six has this wonderful opening scene where you see Saul Goodman's house and it's like a mansion and you also see like gold plated toilet and you just see little hints of like this bachelor life. But then it could also be that Kimberly got into threesome. So who knows? I mean, I'm interested to see where things are going to head, but I'm also kind of worried about the fact that like Kimberly's not there. It could also be that they divorced and she lives separately. Who knows? But Kimberly right now is not a villain, but she's slowly c committed into doing some pretty terrible things against Howard. Now Howard Hamlin is a, you know, I think he's like a sugar donut. I love him. I think he's sweet. He's like a cinnamon roll. He's a good person ultimately. But there's a thing where someone said to me, there's no room for good people in the Breaking Bad universe. Like Hank Schrader from the Breaking Bad series, he certainly, <laughs> certainly did not uh, have a place in Breaking Bad. I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a place in it as a character. Of course he does. But he's not. he doesn't have a place in that world because he's a hero in an anti-hero's uh, world. So I'm excited to see where like Kim, where Howard's gonna go. I do want to know like, is he gonna survive? What are their plans for him? Like, I, and there's also that that scene in Better Call Saul where they show a, fl a flash forward of uh, Sal Goodman giving Francesca a card. So I'm curious to see if it's Howard or Kim on that card. I know that they're, I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to resolve it. I hope they are because they don't set up things like that without resolving it. But I am excited to see these flash forwards. I know they're going to show Gene again eventually. So I'm going to see how that goes. They might even show it next episode. Who knows? In fact, next episode after this, Rhea Seahorn's going to direct. So I'm actually going to 
you know, be happy about the fact that we get to see not only a woman direct, but also see like one of the more talented cast members of the show actually direct an episode. Same with Giancarlo Esposito. He's going to direct an episode. But just to quickly get back to that conflict, they're currently just setting up for it. I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know what this ultimately is going to be. Because there is a great scene where Huel and um, Jimmy, a.k.a. Saul Goodman, have a conversation about the future where it's like, why are you doing this? Why are you hurting people when you don't have to? And Jimmy tries to give the answer that ultimately this is going to help more people than it is going to hurt people. And there is some truth in the fact that the Sam Piper lawsuit will eventually you know, settle out if Howard Hamlin is kicked out and all that. But... Ultimately, they're doing it to sort of scam him. Basically, it's a way for them to scam and figure out something. It is a very, let's just say, complex situation. It's one of those things where, like, Jimmy clearly is not sure if he should do it, but he's going to do it. Him and because he loves Kimberly, but and Kimberly is going to do it because she wants to do it because she is, like they say, he's not going to save her she saves herself or maybe she'll destroy herself who knows but kimberly wexler so far has ultimately been one of my favorite characters so i'm excited to see where she's gonna go and in the case of jimmy i want to see how his story ends here and it leads into breaking bad but i'm also worried now that i saw nacho kill himself which was a great death scene by the way kudos to michael mando for really giving that scene its strength i'm worried to see what they're gonna do with kimberly i hope she doesn't die but i'm also not gonna be surprised if that's the case hey stay tuned we're gonna go ahead and get some more episodes of our better call Saul coverage we're gonna do an episode on the fourth fifth sixth and seventh episode then take a break and then get into the first three episodes of part two and see where it goes Stay tuned for more Better Call Saul and other movie reviews.